Alright, let's do it. Let's do it. Hey everybody, Mark D, IT Guy, Dad, and Spooky Nerd here. Talking about the 2003 version of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. 2003, you say? Yes, 2003. I believe I saw this in theaters. It, um... I'm trying, I'm trying something a little different today. I'm actually kind of mid-watching it. And, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll see what I do going forward from here. But I really wanted to talk about the beginning of the movie. But hey, let's do some numbers on it. Let's do some numbers. Numbers are good. Huh? Numbers are safe. Budget, 9.5 mil estimated. Opening weekend, 30 mil, huge. Uh, released October 19, so almost a 17-year anniversary for the movie. And sorry if I sound a little uh, sick. I think I am legit getting sick, and I've been feeling a bit nauseous, and that's why I'm awake right now. But gross US, 80 mil. Worldwide, 107. So, good, good return. Good return. And... There is, um, the beginning of this movie, I, I'll, I'll put it simply, I hate it. I, de I despise it. The entire van sequence is so incredibly off-putting. I can't even, I can't even begin to describe it kind of thing. But it's very off-putting to me. I, I did not enjoy, did not like it one bit. I it, it is definitely possible that I was feeling nauseous already, but the camera work in, in a van, in such a claustrophobic space, is so manic. You'd think that they were on cocaine, right? The whole premise is kids on weed gonna get killed, right? And there's a bunch of interpersonal bullshit that does not matter. It is there, I think, just to further the agenda of these attractive young actors, really. And they're pretty attractive. Uh, Eric Balfour, I, I believe, is, is still definitely working and, and doing things. Uh, you know, 24 and stuff he was in, and I, I didn't really watch that. But he definitely has a you know, a, a career going forward. I've seen him in a bunch of stuff, but uh, I think the notable actor here in, the, in the, this beginning sequence is Jessica Biel and just how, really, just, you know, just how beautiful she is and, you know, she was as well. So, this is definitely grist for that mill of horny teens going to watch teen movie and we do have a set of horny teens even though nobody here looks like a teenager uh, they all look like they're 28 uh, I think they're supposed to be playing teens there is some some horniness going on and then there's the the kind of Irish annoying guy that looks like a shit tier Bob Dylan fucking wannabe is annoying as fuck and yeah he's he's definitely gonna die they're all gonna die that's we're we're all gonna die. We're already dead, in Zack Snyder's universe. Maggie Mae Fish, go check her out on YouTube. But 
yeah, it was, it was like adjacent, it was like a born supremacy fight scene, and it's just people talking. People talk about the bad editing in that one scene in, <laughs> in the, the, the Queen movie, uh, geez, what, whatever the Queen movie's called, with Rami Malek playing Freddie Mercury, Queen the band, not, not Queen the, the person, we are not amused, not that one, not Animaniacs, they, they, point to that as being an, an example of terrible editing and it is a thousand percent but this is oh maybe like it felt like 15 minutes of just that and oh god i just i actually i'm feeling nauseous and that did not help whatsoever i just it was gross it was gross and that is what prompted me to just start the podcast now just start it just record it just do it nike don't sue me uh I'm going to not just do it, but I am doing it, but not simply just. One does not just do it, or one does not simply just do it. Yeah, it was really bad. I really hated it. And uh, it turns out that the cinematographer, whose name is... Is... uh, Whose name is... uh, Whose name is... Bear with me. I lost it. I absolutely lost it whose name is, wow, Uh, Daniel Pearl, unfortunate uh, name, if you remember the journalist who was beheaded, that's, uh, they shared the same name of Daniel Pearl, Daniel Pearl, still working, does almost exclusively, well, not almost, uh, but he does a significant amount of music videos, there's, in his credits, a probably the largest number of music videos credited to a cinematographer that I've seen as of yet doing this podcast. And that's fine, but a dialogue scene in a car shot maybe more like a music video is not good. It is not. And I will a thousand percent blame director director Marcus Nispel, who's a German director, who's done a few movies and has worked with Daniel Pearl before. Actually, they worked on the Friday 13th, uh, 2009 remake and the movie Pathfinder in 2007 and things like that. And uh, Marcus Nispel, also a lot of music videos. So I think that is where everything went wrong. Everything went wrong is they got music video folks to plan and and, and shoot and storyboard a dialogue scene in a vehicle. Ostensibly very, very, very boring dialogue scene, so they spiced it up with insane camera moves, and the, the camera is basically as far away as the microphone is to me for a lot of the actors. And I get it. It's Jessica Biel. I understand. But still it, it it's it's too much it was too much so you know maybe next time don't get the guy that did Gloria Stefan's turn the beat around video to do your horror movie I think and uh you know not to kind of just go in in line but it the, the, everything in this movie it jumps from I don't want this to I also don't want this and in general the cinematography it 
um, it looks like they left HDR on all the time, even though that wasn't necessarily a thing. In 2003, I don't even think that this would have been digital. I think it would have been film. And with that respect, there's a lot of craft in it, but again, it looks like a music video in a lot of ways, and it just it looks like they left the HDR setting on their Instagram filter just on. Not cranked, but it's on, and it's bothering me. This the everything, every surface, every you know, ha every, everything has this um, texture to it that is distinctly disturbing to me. So, I guess mission accomplished, but it's not an. Hereditary was also disturbing to me, but I liked that disturbing. This one I, I do not like. I just have an aversion. I will never watch this movie again, I promise. I am not uh, not liking it so far, and I am how far in? Uh, not even that far in. I'm literally 30 minutes in. I got to R. Lee Ermey, who's great, but he's a fucked up sheriff in a fucked up town. And the town is super fucked up, and there's like a fucking messed up little kid, and the girl commits suicide in the van, and she was um, front keistering a pretty significantly large uh, revolver. One would say snub nose, but of large caliber, it seems. It, it looked like a hefty, hefty piece of iron. And her suicide was a thing, and that wasn't pleasant either. It was pretty graphic, and they do, again, music video bullshit. They do the thing where they pull out the camera all the way through this poor young woman's uh, skull, which is, like, empty front to back, even though she shot herself. Uh, she, she, I'm not going to go into it, because don't commit suicide. If you have suicidal thoughts or anything, please get help. Really, it's don't do it. I'm not going to talk about it. But they do the thing where they pull the camera out all the way through the van and like the van leaves and, and the, the camera kind of stays stationary so it, it pulls out through the hole in the back glass I think three times and I I hate it. Stop doing it. I hate it. I think once would have been okay, we get it. You know, you saw the Peter Gunn's Lord Tariq video you can paint out camera track and and what have you but three times i think it twice at least I'm, I'm assuming three but i'm pretty sure it's twice uh so that's backwards i'm assuming three but i'm pretty sure it's twice i'm a crazy person i am certain it is at least two times i'm 100 percent certain it is at least twice there we go to, cl to clarify that statement, to clean that up. Did I mention I don't feel well? I don't. I'm just, I'm pretty nauseous right now, and I'm trying to... Is there a, such a thing as podcasting adrenaline? Is there a recording adrenal adrenaline adrenaline that you can get to really just kind of boost up your, your, your state, your emotional state? Because I'm, I'm trying to go for it. It's not. I don't think it's working. I think this is a fucking hardcore crash and burn right now. But uh, yeah, you know, appearance by a great Texas possum. Woo, Texas possum. That was the scariest sound you're going to get out of me. 
yeah, I don't know. I really, I, I don't like the movie, but I'm gonna hit play on this, and we're gonna we're gonna go a little more. Okay, so the, you know, the the man in the wheelchair, very unpleasant. The bathroom, extremely unpleasant. Like the the mud water that was pouring out of the the bath. It's very disgusting. Everything's fucking gross in this movie. And then uh, Eric Balfour's character has to be like pigsty, and there's fucking pigs in there. Like it's both gross and dumb. I don't know. Like I hate this movie. I hate it. Dumb in that it was trying to be funny, and it didn't make it. I like dumb as in I'm trying to be dumb, and I it's funny. Not I'm trying to be smart, and it's dumb, which is also maybe what I'm doing right now. Huh. Funny how that works. But yeah, you know, we see that the the girl had the sheriff's kind of backup gun. And Leatherface shows up. Yeah, I don't know, man. I don't... I don't like... It's not that I don't like horror movies. I don't like perhaps the execution of the majority of horror movies. That is maybe quite specifically what it is. I, I do not enjoy that. I hate all these characters. I hate everybody. I just Jessica Biel's character, like, what even are you doing with this fucking squad of goons? God, it's so gross. And it's not even, like, gore gross. The gore is the gore, and yeah, it's gross. But every, every, everything about the movie is gross. Like, just everybody's gross looking every surface again is gross the lighting even feels dirty and scummy which i i mean i guess was on purpose but i don't want it i don't it's too much and then they're just farting around this big house for like what feels like forever right so movie time tends to be compressed right when there's a large passage of time we see it compressed down and we eliminate all of the boring parts which is just generally the dialogue of movies of the, the language of movies the language that we're used to so it doesn't the the way that this movie's cut it doesn't feel like it's happening in real time and just i don't know i just ah. It doesn't feel like it's real time, but it feels like it's, like, longer. It feels like this has been an eternity of them farting around with the sheriff and farting around in the house. And, like, they really put Jessica Biel uh, on the pedestal. You want to talk about male gaze a thousand percent this movie. This is one of the movies, yes. And maybe uh, a, an issue, not an issue, but maybe a characteristic that horror movies are known for and i use air, air quotes there that you can't see but i don't want to like lump everybody together necessarily and there's definitely reasons for it and i guess if you are leatherface perhaps from his perspective that would um you know that would mean something however we're seeing her in at low angles where there is no leatherface it's not a pov thing it's just it's literally just here uh teen boys you know uh here's a, a deposit for the the spank bank so to speak uh you know it's a a, a roth ira for the spank bank uh you know a 401k 
Like, it's it's really obvious. God, and uh, the whole Leatherface thing, I mean, I think calling it found footage in 1974, or, you know, creating the myth of the found footage in 1974, uh, Toby Hooper definitely had something going there. Uh, oh, great. My mouse is out of battery. Oh, no, it's not out of battery. It was just asleep. Okay, so... This makes a million percent sense just now. So the production company, the, the title card uh, for the production company was Platinum Dunes. And that's not one that I'd seen before, but I figured it was 2003. Like, it was a different fucking landscape. But in looking it up, it has now come to my attention that that this is Michael Bay's production company. And this is, like... I don't want to say a shitty version of a Michael Bay movie, but it's definitely a somewhat a version of a Michael Bay movie. And I think that perhaps Michael Bay is so driven by his vision, uh, to put it democratically, right, that he um, he affects <laughs> or affected. I don't know about it anymore. Um, I actually saw you know Six Underground, and it was it was fun. And it, it, it had actually had a really great and extremely polished look. So, to be fair, he affected this movie a lot. Um, one might even say infected with its general vibe and look. So, there's that. And uh, I had been wondering what it was in the back of my head. And it was similar to when I talked about Gone in 60 Seconds 2001 and Swordfish, when they were directed and, uh, you know, shot by the same people, because they felt the same and they even shared locations. So, it's definitely a vibe that I had kind of bouncing around in my skull where I was like, this movie, you know, just, it feels like other things. It felt like Michael Bay movies, and I think Pearl Harbor was around this time as well, so that's basically the vibe, you know. And, um, you know, critical response is similarly down on the movie. The movie made money, and I think it's going to be horny teen money, because, uh, you know, these actors were hot commodities, Jessica Biel especially coming off of Seventh Heaven. This might have even been her first movie? If I recall correctly, like when she made the jump to movies, I was like, whoa, you know, I, I, I acted like Wally. I went, wow. Oh, ah. Yeah, she was on 7th Heaven until 2006. Uh, no, she was actually in Rules of Attraction and Summer Catch. And she was in a music video for Aerosmith, fucking Aerosmith. And she, yeah, she did a couple of things, but I think Rules of Attraction was a smaller movie. I think Texas Chainsaw Massacre was her first big movie. And big in this, this movie did numbers, you know, this movie put asses in seats. So yeah, I think that that's a very Michael Bay, Bayesian kind of idea. And similar to Megan Fox in Transformers, we're getting Jessica Biel in this movie. Only we're concerned with her body because we're concerned that it's going to get like impaled or cut up or, or whatever the case is, which is this weird kind of violent sex intersection that again, I'm 
I'm not a fan of. I just, that, that doesn't, that's not my thing. Hey, John Lorikit is the narrator, one of my favorite cast members of Night Court. So that's a, that's a good time. So, I mean, you know, once Leatherface shows up and gets going, it, um, the movie changes and the frenetic camera work kind of works, but it ends up being so frenetic that it makes no sense. And it's like watching a Transformers movie. <laughs> so again, just now, now that I know that the association is there, I, I can't help but make those connections. So, I guess going further down that, that path, in typical Bayesian fashion, this shit doesn't make sense. Fucking Leatherface just teleports around like a goddamn Slenderman. It's pretty, uh... It's pretty dumb. There's definitely moments where it is successful. The, the you know, the sheriff kind of interrogating uh, the one dude. Uh, Andy, I think his name is. I don't know. I don't, I don't care honestly but he dies anyway we all knew it he was a jerk and uh that that was interesting uh, especially i guess with 2020 eyes the idea of the abuse of power in in that way in the office of uh you know a law enforcement official so that was interesting that's definitely a thing that's happened for a long time and i had seen that the original texas chainsaw massacre was somewhat a political movie or a political commentary or an attempt at that at best uh or at worst i, I would say at best a successful commentary i haven't i think i've seen it i've seen wow i think i saw it many many years ago but i think i was also kind of whatever about it but this new Texas Chainsaw Massacre, or not new, because there's an even newer one. There's a, several sequels. There's an entire franchise. It's a whole thing. But I think that the 2003 Texas Chainsaw Massacre, right, fails at that in, in a lot of ways. It succeeds slightly with the sheriff uh, himself. But... Yeah, I don't know. I just... I don't, it didn't resonate with me in any real way. You know, the screenplay uh, went from bad to cute, maybe a little too quick. Uh, I, I liked the callback for the hot wiring of the car, how it was not successful and then it became successful. And I also liked in that scene where the sheriff's walking up to the truck how you actually see his car in the background at one point, and that is subliminally planting the seed that that is where she is. That is the film language. She is there, but he is looking away. And there was a couple of good things, but it goes like the the, the screenwriter was like, "Haha, Chekhov's gun. Ah, uh, yes, I will. I shall use this." So, yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't know. It just the whole thing. The, the conceit of Leatherface just fucking ping-ponging around like a goddamn bad penny just always turning up and, you know, the trope of the final scare and things like that. I don't think that 2003 was when we were post-horror movie, post-horror movie where we were kind of coming back around to embracing horror or slasher, post-slasher, let's call it post-slasher. 
I don't think 2003 was post-slasher yet. Uh, I think that that was maybe part of the build-up because the movie did numbers, you know. Uh, but I think, uh, what was it, Evil Dead, like 2009 or something like that, was maybe more of a post-slasher, post-whatever kind of idea where it understands what it's doing, but it also uh, both subverts it and elevates it in a way, I, I, I guess I would say, is maybe a bit more of a... Well, what's the word for douchey that I'm thinking of? Uh, not pedantic. Uh, the one that's like self-involved. Um, what the fuck is that word, man? Pretentious. There we go. More pretentious way of, of talking about it. That's what I would think. So, yeah, I, it, it gets better when the action starts. It starts, and that's cool. But there are just editing. It's an editing fucking nightmare at points it's like just stop cutting stop just just don't don't cut anymore stop cutting you're cutting too much who is the editor who is the editor of this movie and i i'm again i'm gonna blame michael bay strictly for this but somebody had to put their name on it unfortunately right so there's an associate editor i'm still not finding a fucking editor though nathan fitzgerald the associate editor for that uh, who was also an editorial for Armageddon and The Born Supremacy. This is like, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't know, but it's like a weird conspiracy, uh, uh, a conspiracy of Michael Bay, you know, just making a movie with a different name almost is what it feels like. It's, it's pretty dumb. I have a pretty dumb theory on this, so... Yeah, I think I'm going to call it here. I am feeling better. Thank you for asking. Uh, again, be nice to people. Wear a mask. Stay inside if you can. Stay safe. Very important. Black Lives Matter. I, I love everybody. I love you all. And uh, I'll see you again sometime soon. But this is my spooky movie. And I didn't do any spooky things. I didn't... Yeah, I don't know. Uh, this movie... It definitely had moments, but then it also had dumb jump scares. It's, I don't know, it's a mixed bag. It's a mixed bag. That's what I'd say. It's a mixed bag. And one that I generally don't want. But yeah, love everybody. I love the people that worked on the movie. I love the people that work on movies, good or bad or otherwise. They're still trying to make the thing that they're they're trying to make. They're, they're really trying to make the dream come true. So, I love everybody. See ya.